Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's Friday. This it's is the, the weekend. The last episode of week two. Week two. Episode six. What a ride it's been. We're just getting started. Just getting started. We've not even gotten off the first exit to get gas yet. <laughs> We're just now getting started. I'm telling that's you. A, that's a great way We're to We're not even it. at three-fourths the tank. Okay. Um, but again, welcome back to the Below Average yeah. Joe's UFC podcast. Anyways, welcome um, back. Episode six, correct? Episode six. And, uh... Obviously, this week we're doing our preview for UFC Apex 7. Pedro yes. Munoz versus Frankie Edgar at Bantamweight. Frankie Edgar's debut in the division. Long awaited. But we'll be getting into that later. Oh, you we'll already be, know what's coming. We'll be doing the UFC news. But first, I want to let you guys know that this video is sponsored by Monster Energy and Speedway Coffee. Now, why is that? Um... <laughs> so, for those of you um, that don't know, uh, this video, this po- uh, podcast is being recorded at eleven thirty p.m. Eleven thirty p.m. on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Video a- goes live in twelve hours. This was meant to be recorded about seven hours ago. This is true. I am having a tough time adjusting my sleep schedule to my new internship. It's getting the um, best of you. Basically, uh, I go in at about 7 a.m., and it's about an hour and 10 minutes away. That's the that's the kicker. Yeah. you got to wake up so early because you got to drive so far. Yeah, so I wake up at about 4 a.m. every day. Hey. Well, that's when I have to be up by, I should say. And, um, yeah, so shout-out Monster Energy. Shout-out Speedway Coffee. Hey, if, if any of those two are actually listening, we're... Uh, hit us up. Yeah, hit us up. But, but, ultimately, but, anyway. I, but ultimately, I will say for Monster Energy, it did not help. Okay. Because I drank two of them bitches by the time I got home from work. And, in, and then I passed out in the chair for six hours. Sitting straight up. Sitting straight up. And, That's Do- and Dom was just left ra- waiting in the rain for me. Uh, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I thought I might be doing this one solo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I might be doing this one solo. But here we are. We're here. <laughs> we are. And I am... <laughs> re-energized he's got the energy tonight and that's all that matters so we might crank out eight episodes tonight <laughs> so time for the news it's the news oh and ladies and gentlemen let me just tell you after last friday's episode i didn't think the news segment could get much longer or more it's crazy it's crazy let's just say uh i was wrong yeah because I, this week is, uh, just, just tell him. Just tell him. Just tell him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just tell him. So, I, I guess um, when it came to doing these kind of news segments in our videos for our previews and recaps, <clears throat> I, you know, obviously we even before we started a podcast, we we stayed up to date on everything UFC before that. But, but I think like I never knew like how much news came out in the week. Oh, it's keeping us so on So it's been kind of like going by, like just taking it day by day, just yeah. being like, okay, this news story came out, let me throw that in the Google Doc or whatever. But um, after last Friday's episode, <laughs> and really, or no, was it Monday? Monday's episode was the one with the big news, wasn't it? Yeah. Or was it Friday? Yeah. Well, yeah, for last Friday we had a ton of news from that week. Monday we had news. But ultimately, I... Mean, I Really thought like there would be episodes where there would be a lull as far as the yeah uh, maybe one news. or two things, 
But boy, <laughs> this <laughs> this news is pretty heavy. But and, and look at all them bullet points. They can't see it, but yeah. I can. <laughs> so that's a list. So we'll just go ahead and get into the first one. Here we go. Um, a lot of fight announcements. Which, Big fight announcements. Yeah, which these is, ain't just little. It's always fun. It's fun that we don't have to talk about fighters pulling out of cards, obviously, or guys on their deathbed. Yeah. Um, shout out Jeff Neal. Glad to see he's doing better. well. Yeah. Um, but the first of our news for this week Edson Barboza uh, who just made the drop to featherweight in his last fight yep um, he's got his next fight announcement on October 10th and he's got a tough task ahead <laughs> he's gonna be fighting the up-and-coming machine I love this guy Sa- I love this guy Sadiq Yusuf mm. Dom uh, I'm going to let Dom start here because I know how much he loves Sadiq Yusuf. So, Dom, what are your thoughts on this potential matchup? This is this has all the makings to still be a super exciting fight. I'm just really high on Sadiq Yusuf ever since he made his Octagon debut, honestly. And he has just been in so many great fights. He's coming off a huge win against Andre Touchy Feely, mm-hmm. which is kind of that guy that gets you cracked into the top 15 of that division. Right. And uh, to get a fight like Barboza so short into your career in the UFC, this is a huge challenge for him. But I personally never was big on Barboza dropping to 145. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's a big dude. He's a big guy. So, like, that's a lot of weight to cut. And, I mean, granted, he's huge for this division mm-hmm. now. He is I mean, he lost his debut, so... Well, his debut was against Danny Gay, who's ranked number 11 in the division. Just came and, off of um, a barn burner with, with Calvin Cater. Calvin Cater, and that fight was uh, very good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of debate after, because it ended up going to the decision. Yeah. Danny Gay gets the nod on the judges' scorecards. Well, in the Barboza fight. Yeah, in yeah, the Barboza yeah, fight, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And um, ultimately, there's a lot of debate online as to who actually won the fight. So and it was I think very we competitive. Even I don't remember. Have- I think I had Ige. Okay, running. me I couldn't, too. I couldn't remember. I'm pretty sure I said Ige, and I was surprised. Uh, not surprised, because it was a very close fight. Yeah. But I was surprised that, you know, how mad some people were online that Barboza didn't get the decision. He's a fan favorite. Yeah. That's for sure. He's a, a guy with Barboza. What a nice guy, with, too. With like- Barboza, he is just, he, that dude, like, so exciting. Oh, never in a boring With fight. his striking... You just never... You have to be on the edge of your seat the whole he time. He has arguably the greatest knockout in UFC history. If you guys have not seen it, you need to look it up. Tell them which fight it is. Oh, gosh. That's an old one. I don't know the oh, opponent it, off the top of no, my head. No, what was the finish you're talking about? Oh, the finish? Yeah. A, a spinning wheel kick straight to the face? Yeah, that was against Terry Edom. Yeah, he yeah. turned him into a, a pop star. I was just making sure because, just to be clear, there is oh, yeah. multiple. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Specifically um, talking even, about that spinning yeah. wheel kick. Yeah, Woo. he even had a crazy knockout on Darius, I believe. Yeah, he, well, this is a guy lot. in Barbosa that has finished a fight via head kick, yes, body kick, yes, and leg kick yes. multiple times. Like it's crazy. He's known for his kicks and for great reason. They're they literally are tree trunks as legs. Yeah, and I, I will make note that uh, Barbosa is on a uh, bit of a skid right he's now. He's on a skid. Um, he's lost his last three fights. And he's also lost his last five of six. Now, 
top of the top of the line. If guys. you look at those losses, yeah. it's, he lost to Habib in the fight that we've talked uh, about. That was yeah, let's just... felt pretty bad for him in that one. Yeah. Um, then after that, he loses to Kevin Lee. Um, a great fight, a fight where he hurt Kevin Lee. That's one where Kevin Lee yeah, started doing the stanky leg. leg. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin Lee missed weight for that fight as well. Just, just, just you know, make a note of it. Not Went saying, to welterweight after yeah, that. Yeah, not saying that. Uh, not saying that Kevin Lee wouldn't have won anyways. Just make a note. Then he gets the win over Dan Hooker, which a fight he looked incredible. He, in. yeah. Dan Hooker's a guy that's always game. Like, yeah. Apparently, like off the fight he just had with Dustin, especially, but he got like dominated by Barbosa in that fight. I will say the, uh, and he still looked good. Yeah, at Dan times, Dan but. Hooker, just the amount of punishment he took. Yeah, especially with tough. the body work that so Barbosa was doing. Brutal. That was brutal stuff. And then you have three. Back to back to back losses. Justin Gaethje, who's now well, fighting for the belt. Yeah, he, he had a night night on the canvas. Then he loses to Paul Felder by split decision, and what I thought was the best fight of that main card at two forty two. That's the one where Habib fought Poirier. Yep, a um, very close fight. Now one split decision. Abu Dhabi too. And then he lost another split decision to Dan Ige. So really, that's two you know, splits in a row. Yeah, his record that's overall tough. is twenty and nine. And you look at it, and when I say five of six losses, you go, okay, well he's you know not what he used to be or whatever but ultimately man i mean he fights everybody once you really break it down i mean you he could have easily have gotten that score those decisions over Ige or felder yeah i'm pretty sure i did have the actual winners of those fights for both of them yeah but the fact that you could make that argument and wouldn't have been surprised if one judge went the other way right just speaks to how competitive he is in these fights and really he's not done oh no and i know like you were saying unsure about that move the featherweight but he was big at lightweight he's a big dude so this he, is if he wanted he could potentially fit in at welterweight yeah. he'd be a little small there but yeah. still he's just a big guy so, so now i was just shocked when he moved to so now you know he loses to the number 11 guy but uh the the road at featherweight does not get any easier oh, it didn't for get him. easier as he's going up against sadiq yusuf and as he's i said you're now. a big fan so i want to hear kind of your thoughts? I think this is another guy, as we saw, uh, Kamaru Usman became the first uh, Nigerian-born UFC champion in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Sadiq Youssef could very well follow in his footsteps. Another Nigerian-born fighter, an yeah. absolute stud, and undefeated in the UFC through four fights so far. Uh, two stoppages, two decisions. And like I said, coming off of a win like Andre Feely, who's another game guy that just fights mm-hmm. anytime against anyone, any place, and, and beating him, this is going to be a good fight. I but, agree. Sadiq, man, you're talking about a guy just now hitting into his prime. Yeah. That's actually, a good fight. Though. Actually, he's f- just uh, for clarification, he's 5-0 in the U.S. 5-0 in the U.S. His debut was on uh, the Tuesday Night Contender, uh, where he got looked awesome in that fight with Mike Davis. And then... After that, you know, he's fought some guys that, like, you know, you don't really know much about. But then Gabriel Benitez, I know, has been around for a while. And then Andre Feely, who I believe I had mentioned this in one of the earlier podcasts, a guy who's really hung around that top 10 range, yeah. top 10 to, I mean, basically top 15 for a while. That's now. like a guy that, you know, you get that win on your record and you can call yourself a legitimate top 15 yeah. guy. Here you go. This is a big challenge for both guys. Yeah, Because, um, really, this matchup on paper should be just... 
the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Should be just so exciting. I mean, both guys. Sadiq brings it. Yeah, both guys really. Barbosa brings it. Yeah, what's nice about this is, you know, with both of these strikers is that you're not worried, at least in my opinion, and we could be wrong, but I'm not worried about there being a, a lot of stalling. No. You know, we don't. We're not dealing with counter punchers here. No. This isn't a potential Adesanya Romero type situation. No. I think uh, both guys are coming, and they are coming to put out the other. Oh one. yeah, that's gonna be especially good. with a guy like Yusuf who is trying to make a statement yes. and show that he is like the top of the heap of featherweight. Yep. And on the other end, Barboza trying to show he belongs. Trying to show he belongs because he's to get out of this skid. I would say he's pretty pissed off about how the last two fights have not gone in his favor. Yeah. God, that fight's going to be great. That's very exciting. And that's going to be on either ESPN or ESPN Plus. So that's like a fight too that I feel like could get slept on for some reason. And it like don't sleep on that fight. I, would, I wouldn't even be upset if it was the main event of that card. I was literally going to say that's that. That's what I thought you were getting at. Like yeah. People would look at it and be like, oh, that's a no. weak main event. No. No, it's no. not. If you don't know, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> Dana, hit us yeah. up. So, uh, I guess moving on from there. Uh, second news story of the day. Bring it. This, You know what's funny is, like, not, not, the, not the fight style, but the, the, the situation yeah, of these similar. next two guys. Almost copy yeah. and paste. Yeah. So for UFC 254, that's the card currently headlined by Habib versus Gaethje. <laughs> we got our next fight announcement for the main card. Uh, RDA. Rafael Dos Anjos. Former UFC lightweight champion. Former champion. Is going up against the... Rising up and coming. This guy. Islam Makachev. Nice. I believe is how you pronounce Pronunciation it. Pronunciation still 10 out of 10 so far through six episodes. It, it, the... I feel like the standard is being set high, and I'm getting a little nervous about that. But, anyways, this is a big fight announcement at uh, this is welterweight, right? I, I think it's is it? Well, yeah, yeah. No, it's, no, no. I think it's it, back at lightweight. Is back RDA at lightweight? is dropping back to RDA, lightweight. Okay, that's why. because yeah. I was like in my head, I thought Islam was. Well, RDA's been fighting uh, a lot at welterweight recently, yeah. but yeah, this is back at lightweight. Okay, so. Ultimately, we have the number 12 ranked Islam, a guy who has not fought. And by the time this card happens, he wouldn't have fought since 242, the aforementioned Habib Poirier fight. Yeah. So uh, it's been a while since we've seen him. Probably another fight island, really. And currently, RDA, RDA is not currently ranked at lightweight since he did make that move to welterweight, but he was number nine at welterweight. Yeah. Still very competitive in the division, man. That guy, uh, Dana has said it himself. Mm-hmm. If you beat RDA, yeah, you're basically legit. Then you're legit. Yeah, because R- so RDA is a legit. And when I say gatekeeper, I don't mean that in like a negative light. Especially yeah. after d- what he's done. Yeah. Now he d- now being a light like a gatekeeper is not nothing to scoff at. He's right? he's not the gatekeeper that you typically think of. No, but I do want to make note again with the losses. Uh, where this where this fight is so similar in some ways it to really the previous is. one, uh, RDA is another guy on kind of a skid right now. He's lost his last four or five, but if you go again, go fight by fight. He lost to Colby Covington, who fought for a title literally at the end of last year. 
Then his next loss was to Kamaru Usman. If you don't know, that's, you know, the current champ. <laughs> the current at champ. At welterweight. These are at welterweight, by the way. Then he beats Kevin Lee, a fight he looked incredible in, a fight that a lot of people thought Kevin Lee was going to win, and he uh, actually finished Kevin Lee. Was that one Kevin Lee's first fight at 170? Yeah. I think it I was. I think it was. Yeah. So there was a lot of hype about that because, you know. I Kevin, personally enjoyed I, that. Yeah. I, I thought he could have I really thought there. I really thought Kevin Lee was going to make a statement in that fight. Because he had had weight struggles at 155, too, so right. it was exciting to see him up. And he, and he still looked pretty good. I mean, he, like size-wise, it's not like he was small at welterweight yeah. either. And uh, RDA came in and just beat the brakes off that man and mm. got the arm triangle submission. Dude, he still got it. Yeah, just dominated that fight, really. A veteran of the game. But after that, he gets two straight decision losses to Leon Edwards. A guy that does not get enough respect. Leon Edwards might be in the, he might be getting a title shot here Literally soon. ranked third in the division. Yeah, and then he loses to Michael Chiesa, who, you know, kind of in a similar situation to RDA, but... And another guy that went from 155 to 170. Yeah, He's ranked now, though, at uh, 170, I think, Chiesa. Top 15, maybe? He's number eight. Oh, yeah. So that, that's what I mean. They're in a similar situation, yeah. so... You know that again, a guy who's very tough, who's been around for a while, he's who's, fighting top-notch guys. Kiesa is a guy that I could foresee. Like it would not surprise me if he just gets on the right, gets the right matchups, gets on the right kind of win streak, and I could totally see him ended up in the top five. You know who he reminds me of? Who? Charles Oliveira, who's now on a, a roll at lightweight. Yeah, you know what? That's a that's a really good comparison. Like a guy who, for a while. Trading some wins and losses, not a journeyman because Oliveira's always been like respected for what he can it's do. It's just with his like submissions. a guy you don't hear enough about. Almost, it's like he just when he's kind of on the cusp of being like a legit contender, he'll lose. He'll lose. Yeah, yeah. But for Kiesa, I could totally see him really going on a nice win streak yeah. and being a top five it's guy about in that the division. Matchups. Yeah. So, all in all, I think it's a very exciting fight for that pay per view. Um, nice to see that that pay-per-view is getting a fight like that on there. I almost wonder if that could be, like, the prelim headliner. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to depend on the rest of the card. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. it's still two months I'm out. I'm going to assume. I hope it's main card. I'm assuming it's going to be around, like, the third fight yeah. night or second fight. Ultimately, when you have a guy that's a former champion who's still that competitive in yeah. RDA, um, and then Islam, like, being that huge up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a fight that's built around the third card of the... Third fight of the main card. Yeah. Um, hopefully they'll get a big co-main, and then obviously the huge yeah. title fight. Just give me that fight with no other fights, actually. Like, I wouldn't even mind if it was the co-main. Like, again, yeah. like... Habib and Justin. Yeah. That's a podcast for another day. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on that fight? Uh, that's a tough fight for RDA, but it's a tough fight for Islam. And again, just like we said with Sadiq, this is the fight where Islam can prove I'm mm-hmm. legit in this division. I'm a threat. Yeah. Where I think the comparison stopped between these first two fights we've talked about, I think the first one, you're looking at a just super yep. competitive like matchup. High pace, a lot of action. Um, with this fight, wrestling. at least my, my initial thoughts. Grappling. Well, yes, of course, the grappling, the wrestling. But my initial thoughts is that this is a matchup made to really legitimize Islam. And I know, like, really, if Sadiq beats Barboza, it's the same case. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think Islam has a... Like, I think that he's got the advantage here, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. 
exactly. I think this is made. To he be has his, more of an advantage than Sadiq does. This is made. Brothers. This is made to be his coming out party. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. While I, I think I, with I Yusuf Barboza, that's just made to be like a barn burner mm-hmm. of a fight. So uh, yeah, I guess moving on from there. I mean, they just keep getting bigger. Yeah, the third story of the of the day, which we've talked about a little yeah. bit. So previously. we're getting confirmation on a fight that yep. we basically pitched. Yeah. So we it's, get all it the, made we the get, most sense. We get all the credit for this fight. Yeah, basically. <laughs> November twenty eighth. So quite a ways away. He's gonna cut that weight down. Three days after my birthday. Hey now. We're looking at our next big heavyweight fight. My balls was hot. <laughs> Derek Lewis going up against Curtis Razor, Razor Blades. Blades. That's and, a good one. Um, this fight has a lot of title implications. Yes, it does. Now, we kind of broke this fight down quite a bit. Yep. I don't know if we broke it down, but we talked about it quite a bit. Yep. Um, I'm hoping by November 28th we have our next heavyweight title fight announcement by then. I hope so. Because... <laughs> Again, we're hoping by the end of the year, you know, Ngannou pitched the last, last pay-per-view of the year. So, really, with the uh, placement being November 28th, you have to wonder if the winner of this fight is either next for the title or, because we'll be getting into someone else later, or maybe he's the winner of this fight is who's welcoming... Uh, oh, I was going to say that. Who's going to be welcoming Mr. John Jones to the heavyweight division. Because uh, obviously we'll get into that part later, yeah. but I do want to just say about John Jones going to heavyweight because we did talk about it in a previous episode, so it's not really a surprise. I don't think his first fight at heavyweight's for the belt. I think he gets. You the, think he? You know he might honestly want a warm up just I, to get I don't used think, to the I don't, weight. I, I think the power, the size, the weight, or not. Size, I think he genuinely and, like is curious to see. Like, if you've been seeing his tweets and stuff recently, he wants to, like, take probably the next six months and and sculpt his body. Like, right. if you don't know his brothers are NFL players, like, they're massive. Yeah. One of them's one of the best defensive players in the NFL, Chandler. Chandler. Chandler Jones. So, like, I really am curious to see how John can change his body for heavyweight. Yeah, I don't, I don't foresee him looking very big at heavyweight, even... You know, I know it'll probably be a lighter side heavyweight, probably two twenty-five, like two thirty. Yeah. But I don't see him looking very big. I mean, I think he'll still have skinny legs and stuff yeah. like that. But that guy's speed at that division is going to be incredible. Now, for Lewis Blades, Lewis Blades, I want to say that if what I just mentioned is comes into existence with the winner kind of being that welcoming party for John Jones at heavyweight, think about. Curtis Blades, right? Who I'm giving the advantage early on to in this fight. Yeah, I agree. With Curtis Blades, a wrestler, a grappler, a guy who grinds out these wins, not usually in the most exciting of fashion. But dominant. But dominantly. Now, when I say when I say that, uh, I will always plug that fight with Overeem. Yep. With those vicious elbows that literally just kids. Cover your ears. He's I, doing it no, again. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Okay. Like I, I can't, okay. I can't elaborate anymore. Okay. I painted the picture okay. before. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's but, he, but ultimately, if you look at some of his bigger fights, that second fight with Ngannou where he gets knocked out in like 45 seconds. Yeah. That was placed on a fight night in China that no one even got to see because 4:30 in the morning in the United States it was being shown at 
when the, before the rooster crew. Yeah, yeah, when you're waking up for work. Yeah, <laughs> and then you got like, uh, so really, you know, this guy, and then with that fight with Overeem, that was bumped to the prelims so that CM Punk's second fight with Mike Jackson could open the main card. <sighs> so really, Chris Blades is kind of in this unfortunate situation where his win streak, the guys he's beat, may warrant him a title shot, but his name has, like, no recognition. Nope, not at all. But. But. Imagine the platform that guy's going to be on if he's welcoming John Jones to the heavyweight division. So I think this. That's I think, a big one. I, I think that makes a lot of sense for the UFC to try to book something like that. Because, honestly, that's I think a, that's that's a, a card, real threat to John. That's a card that legitimately would probably just be a headliner. No title fight. John Jones is that big for the UFC. That's tough. I, I like the idea. I don't imagine Jones being a co-main. You look yeah. at that. Look at that fight with OSP. They kept that on the main, at at the uh, main event when you had jo- uh, Mighty Mouse and Hudo, I believe, as the co-main for an actual title. Yeah. I know it was the flyweight title, which has never been very popular, I guess, with the uh, casual fans, but. Uh, I just think that that's the kind of matchup. It's kind of reminds me of that McGregor Cowboy type matchup. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, their big star is back. Obviously, McGregor a bigger star than Jones uh, as far as pay per views. But I, it's a much bigger fight if Derek Lewis were to beat Curtis Blades, and Derek Lewis welcomes John Jones. But it then is not as a. Uh, it's not as beneficial. Competitive to, yeah, fight. because I think. Yeah. No offense, no to, Derek offense Lewis. to Derek Lewis. I just think John Jones handed. Curtis handed Blades Lewis. is a harder fight for John Jones. It's it a really, bigger I, version of Daniel Cormier. If I'm being honest, I think both guys get beat pretty easily by Jones. But I but I like I, I, I see where your head's at. I like yeah, the idea. I just like the idea of Curtis Blades getting that platform. But yeah, that fight is a number one contender fight to me for sure. If it's not yeah. the welcome fight for John yeah. at heavyweight. But again, in this matchup, I mean, both this is guys, a striker versus grappler if I've ever yeah, seen one. Derek Lewis just beat Alexi Olenek. Shout out our pilot episode. Yeah, our pilot episode um, looked very good in that fight. Curtis says Blades. he wants to cut down weight, so that's why they push this back to November. Right. We'll see if he actually goes through with it. Yeah, we'll see. Curtis Blades coming off that dominating decision over Alexander Volkov, and. Uh, Again, he's been calling for that title shot, and I am not necessarily in agreement with him on it, and neither was Dana White, who basically said, get good. Yeah. But on paper, I think this matchup is very interesting. It It's fun. Because Curtis, it's Blade, a, Curtis Blade's only weaknesses in his career have been with the Ngannou fights. And we know what Derek's With that power are. that Ngannou possesses. Now, Derek Lewis does not necessarily possess Ngannou power. But. But he's definitely like that. That If if uh, if Ngannou is like an A-plus tier power for the heavyweight division, Derek Lewis is like A. Yeah. Just and a, most knockouts in UFC heavyweight history. Yeah. Like, a guy, like that guy definitely puts people to sleep. Yeah. So it's a great challenge for Blades to see, okay, can his chin hold up in this division? And can Lewis stay on his feet? That's yeah. That's so both guys are offered a big challenge here, and they're kind of spots in their career. Yep. And um, that's very exciting. That'll probably be the main. That'll probably be the main event for that twenty eighth fight night. I yeah, would say. it's definitely a, a fight night main yeah. event. For so sure. very exciting stuff there, and there will be more to come with that. I'm sure. Hopefully, that fight sees the light of day. It's still a long ways away. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, this one, I think, is a, a big one for you. The goat. So my ha- goat. Halloween. Halloween. Happy. October, oh, my goodness. Happy October, Halloween. October 31st. The spider. Anderson Silva is deciding to dress up as the uh, the spider. <laughs> That's. I think we're going to have to cut that. Yeah. Skip ahead five seconds, folks. <laughs> Anyways, the cut, spider's back. Cut. <laughs> Just gonna take a break. All right, Anderson Silva's <laughs> next fight, and <laughs> you need me to announce it. Just yeah, okay. So Anderson Silva's back, folks, and he is fighting Uriah Hall. Now we've mentioned Uriah Hall recently. He just had his fight with Yoel Romero. That was supposed to happen actually on uh, Saturday's fight night that we're previewing in this episode, but unfortunately Yoel came down with an injury. So Dana got Uriah on the phone and booked him up a fight against my goat, Anderson Silva, October 31st. Are you back? <laughs> oh, man. I, man. <laughs> no, okay. You're losing okay. it. I, I need know. you. I'm losing. All right. I think I'm back. Okay, he's back. Okay, so um, what was mentioned, I believe, at that post-fight press conference when they were asking about Anderson Silva's next fight and Two Dana, fights left on his Dana contract. Dana admitted. He said it. Usually he doesn't do this, but he said, he's like, yeah, we're looking at Uriah Hall. Usually he, you know. You know, that's a fun fight. It's a fun fight, but I. But it's an interesting a, fight. A lot of people are wondering if this is uh, Anderson Silva's retirement fight. So I saw that he technically has two fights left on his contract. Right. I, I could see him fighting this one and then wanting to go out in Brazil, but then again with COVID and everything going on, who knows if that'll even be able to happen. Right. So this could very well be his last fight, and I think it's a great striker <laughs> versus striker. It's another like him versus Israel type fight. Obviously, yeah. Uriah Hall, I'm not saying he's on the level of Israel Adesanya, but you get what I'm at saying. At one time, Uriah Hall had a lot of hype behind him. He really did. You looked at his run on the Ultimate Fighter where he was... Crazy spinning uh, hill kick yeah, knockout there, putting some crate, putting people to sleep. Yeah, and um, really, it's he's never, he's just never really been able to put it all together. Yep. Um, again, he's had some trouble since COVID even getting a fight to go into the octagon. To both of his fights that have been planned this in the last few months since they came back with the after COVID and whatnot um, have been canceled mm-hmm. due to his opponent having to drop out of the card. So, um, on paper, I think this does kind of scream like that that Silva Adesanya fight. I think it's going to be pretty competitive. I, I think this genuinely, like, I feel Silva can win this fight. I, I mean, I'm not saying he can't. I just, uh, I guess what I worry about is we have not seen Anderson Silva since his last fight was the against leg injury. Jared Cannonier. Cannonier, again, definitely. Uh, Number three. Right. I don't want to say he's better than Uriah Hall. I'm just saying that he's definitely got more. He's uh, on a tear right now. Yeah, he's definitely got a little more hype on him right now. His stock is higher right yeah. now, I should say. Kadenier gets that leg kick and or <clears throat> just and Silva just drops. Yeah, and it's weird. I, Uriah it's like Hall, all of Silva's last fights. Have and just Uriah been Hall weird. is a very powerful kicker as he well. Yes, he is. So I don't know how this fight goes i i don't really like it's hard for me to even picture anderson silva being knocked out especially in a highlight reel type fashion i know the weidman fight happened yeah but that was definitely like more on him in that fight 
He's definitely taken shots in his day, and even the Adesanya fight, he's yeah. taken big shots. I mean, Brunson looked pretty like he was putting. Some He'll shots give you on. that little like wobble, but and then, and then he's yeah. back. So I mean, on paper, I don't really know. I really don't know how this matchup's going to go, and I'm glad I don't have to predict right now. It could almost be, you know, two counter strikers yeah. going at each other too. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be boring, but you just never know. You never know. So but on paper, a, you see of, this, and you're like, oh, it's going to be a tough fight to really like predict when it comes time to do so in a couple yeah. months. So very exciting stuff, though. It's you know when you have a legend like. Anderson Silva. Everybody's going to tune into that. Yeah, and you that's your go. That's oh, yeah. your favorite fighter of all time. It is. So I know you'll be tuning in. Oh, I'll be tuning in. Notepad and all. <laughs> Notepad and all. And giving candy to trick-or-treaters, yeah. apparently. Yeah. How dare. <laughs> you, you really fell apart on me there. Yeah, I I don't know what happened. Now, I'm going to finally call for it. Can we get L's in the comments for Noah? Huh. You've called for him twice on me. So... I just wanted to point that out. All right, so get next, into the next bullet. So point. next, the next story of the, of the we're day. still in the news. We, we, we told you there's a lot of news. We have a while, and hopefully I can keep it together for keep it together. Four bullet points left. Come on. Uh, we mentioned Michael Chandler yep. on, our, on a few podcasts. So Former far. Bellator champ, just a Bellator lifer essentially, mm-hmm. decade long. Um, we there was we were making a lot of noise about him coming to the UFC and apparently that's for good reason because he's been doing promising. he's been doing the same thing on Twitter uh, Dana White even said I want to meet with this yeah kid. you want to meet with them uh, he's been hitting at a few different fights and uh, this was uh, something that I thought about that I almost had on our news for uh, I believe Monday's show ended up ended up being cut yeah. I believe it was either Monday or last Friday but uh, Michael Chandler was a uh, Heading out a fight with Dan Hooker, uh, kind of being like, "Oh, I think that fight would be a lot of fun or mm-hmm. best fight ever," or whatever he said. Um, that fight then, doesn't even compare to this. But then uh, he posts a GIF on Twitter of a diamond. Of a diamond. Now, if you don't know, that's uh, hinting at the diamond, Dustin Poirier. Yeah. My champ. One year from now, by the way, if you haven't listened to our predictions yeah. in our last video be sure to go check that out yeah but that's my lightweight champion year from now i can't be having this as uh, welcoming in a bellator fighter i will say him calling for that fight with poirier that's dangerous for him I, that's dangerous but it's dangerous for dustin i think well i guess i'm saying who has more to lose here is the way i'm looking at it i honestly think michael chandler has more to lose really because Dustin Poirier loses that fight and goes, okay, well, Michael Chandler's just that good. Like, he's able to compete with the top of the heap in the UFC. I mean... If Michael Chandler loses, then... You see it as a Ben Askren almost situation. Michael Chandler loses, and, yeah, I guess in a way Ben Askren, but I'm thinking more it just... It it, it halts kind of that... He's not good enough to be in the top five. He's going to have... I mean, he's going to be drumming up some hype for himself. He goes into that first fight with Poirier. He loses. It's like a, it's just like a disappointing feeling, right? You're yeah. like, oh, he just, he ain't quite at the top. And I know you think Dustin Poirier, you're thinking champ at this time next year. So you think he's obviously, at, has the, the makings of a number one guy in the division. Yep, he's in his stride right now. But um, that's an interesting fight. 
It is. I don't quite think Chandler should. Uh, I don't really I, know. If I'm Chandler, don't get me wrong. I want to get hype around my name. I want to fight a top ten. But to be coming at Dustin Poirier's neck right now, oof, that is risky. I just, I'd hate to see Dustin take on this guy coming in from Bellator when he's literally one fight away from the title again. That's, I guess, what bugs me. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I, I want to see Dustin fight Connor. I want to see Dustin fight Tony. I don't want to, like, not that I don't want to see him fight this dude, Michael Chandler from Bellator, but you know what I mean? I hope I made that clear, I guess. Yeah, I, um, uh, and you're a big Dustin fan. Yes. So, I mean, you admitted as such you can yeah, tell I'm by the way you're talking. Dustin, and don't get me wrong I, lo- I I love Dustin Poirier I I don't want to act like when I'm saying you're big fans of these guys that I'm not <laughs> it's just that like um I think that I look at a I think when I'm viewing these these fights I'm looking at it more objectively instead yeah. of just for you as a fan like what you want to see him do um but you do have a point that like Dustin is technically a fight away from a title One shot fight. but you have to also consider that, like, for as long as Habib is champion, it's going to be hard for Dustin to get a rematch. I agree. And, obviously, we predicted, and Habib has almost hinted at, that he has two fights left. Yeah. But uh, I definitely would love to see Dustin rematch Gaethje. I'd love to see him fight Tony or could Connor. You, I saw a tweet today, and it just said, could you imagine the violence in this fight? And it was a picture of Dustin and Tony. And I sat there for a second, and I'm like, I can't. I cannot imagine. That could be one of the best UFC fights to ever happen. It could. Now, I will say that after coming off that that really great fight with uh, Dan Hooker, Poirier's kind of in an awkward spot, because you have Habib and Gaethje booked for October. We don't know when Tony's gonna fight again. I he's mean, been he, hinting at stuff, but yeah, he yeah, got. I mean, he got beat up in yeah, that fight with Gaethje. He took damage. a beating, and that just—I mean, really—that just happened in May, I yeah. believe. So it's not like you know he might not be fighting again until the end of the year, and then you got Connor, who Dana has said will not fight again in 2020, and. May you never know with him. He may never fight again. Might Technically, not. he's retired right now. He might box. Who knows? Yeah, you never you know. You don't. You don't know with him. So he's a wild card. So really, after that, is Hooker, who he just beat. Yeah. And I think when you get lower than that, you got Oliveira, who just got announced with that with Dariush. So I mean, really, right now it is Tony or welcome Michael Chandler. To <laughs> yeah, UFC. I mean, it, this I, is all assuming he even gets signed with you. Because then, if you even go one step lower, you're looking at Paul Felder, who is really embracing that commentary role. Yeah, he's kind of said he's retired unless something really interesting. Yeah, and I don't foresee Poirier really going that low in the rankings because right. he's coming off a win, a big win over Hooker, the number five guy. So, you know, he's in an awkward spot. We may not see Dustin fight again until the end of the year unless it's uh, a fight with Michael Chandler, which, but, but could, is, which could be the end of the year. But As more time goes on, I really... I, I think Michael Chandler will sign with the UFC. It's looking promising. The fact when that he, Dana said he wanted to meet with him, I was like, hmm, okay, this yeah, could be and real. And the fact that Michael Chandler himself keeps hinting at all these UFC fights They're tells talking. me he wants to go to the UFC. Yeah. So I, I do think that that might be the fight that gets made just because Poirier really doesn't have a – doesn't have a there's not an obvious matchup. Outside that, of Tony. 
And yeah, again, there's just you don't know when these guys are going to want to fight next. Yeah. I think Dustin could be booked. Like I think Dustin could be ready to fight in October. October, yeah. But I don't know if Tony's going to be ready in October. Yeah. And I mean, Poirier took some damage in that Hooker fight, but it didn't. Um, it didn't feel like like my takeaway wasn't all right. Poirier needs to take like six months off. Yeah. Like it was more just like. I mean, those guys were beating each other It was other a up. war. But with Tony, Tony got beat Yeah, up. that was bad. So, all in all, I do think Dust. I would much rather see a Dustin versus Tony or even a Dustin versus Connor or Dustin versus Gaethje too mm-hmm. as his next fight. But I'm definitely, I'm definitely not opposed to I'm definitely to game for a Chandler fight. I just, uh, I think it would be Poirier settling a bit. Yeah. I think that's kind of the way to put it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, any other last thoughts? I'm looking at that next bullet point, and I just want you to say it. Yeah. So, uh, my bu- the way my bullets go on when we get our news <laughs> stories is I literally just, like, with five announcements, it just says, Edson Barboza versus Sadiq Yusuf dash October 10. So that way I know what the fight is, what the date of it is. This one, mm. this announcement, I literally just put, Rumble Johnson is... Back. Back. Back in all caps. Rumble. And I put even the question mark and then exclamation. So Anthony Rumble Johnson. Is back. <clears throat> he's back. And he's back at light heavyweight. Yeah. We're talking about a guy, we mentioned this before we started recording. If you guys don't know, by the way, Anthony Rumble Johnson is like a staple in the UFC, a guy that has fought all the way down at welterweight, which is hard to believe if you look at this guy because he's a freak of nature. Yeah. And when he retired, he was got all the way up to like almost 300 pounds, like a power lifter. Yeah, he looked like a bodybuilder. Yeah, it was crazy. And everybody thought for for years, basically, since he retired back in, I want to say, 2017. And even him, hinting at like, if I come back, it's going to be at heavyweight. Yeah, like everybody kept saying, all right, can't wait to see him make his heavyweight debut. And now he's back, at least that he's officially saying he's In the, he's in the USADA testing pool yeah, for the UFC. Yeah, he's saying that he's planning to make a comeback. Yeah. But it's at light heavyweight. Light heavyweight, 205 pounds. And I'm actually kind of glad it's light heavyweight. Well, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Not that I'm, like, talking bad about him. I think, you know, you see that guy named John Jones leave the division, and you're like, okay. This is opening up for me here. That's kind of my take on it. Mm-hmm. I'm by no means because like Rumble never got to uh, fight John Jones. Unfortunately, it was booked, and they had that crazy uh, face-off where they yeah. got uh, scared Dana White yeah. and stuff. But it never got to happen. Right. So we're talking about a guy that has challenged for the title twice, right? Yep. Or, both times against Daniel against DC. Corman. Both times losing via submission. Both, both times, times. Mm-hmm. after having a successful round one both times if I'm not mistaken too Um, so this is a guy that's you know been in there with the top dogs challenged for a title and now he's back three years off I'm interested to see how he looks I guess why I'm excited he's going to light heavyweight I mean don't get me wrong some of those matchups at heavyweight would be awesome yeah, it's, but, it's like these this new breed of fighters that's there now. He's not get, gotten to uh, but, fight any of these. But guys. the f- the matchups at light heavyweight excite me even more. Yeah, him yeah. versus Dominic Reyes. Yes, him versus Tiago Santos. Yes, him versus Yuri Prochaka. Yeah, him versus Vulcan. Like Anthony Smith, Jan Anthony Vlovich, Smith. Like any of them. He's never fought any of them. They're fun matchups. Every single one of them. Yeah, 
This is, I, Anthony Johnson is known for his knockouts, by the way. I guess yeah. we didn't say that. <laughs> that guy has one punch crazy power. power in one his hands. punch power. And that's why I think everybody was so excited for him to go to heavyweight because yes. that power. Imagine him Especially versus, the size he was him at. versus Nganu. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, even, and he had an Instagram live. I don't know if you saw this. Someone commented on it like, first fight back against Nganu. He literally looks at the camera and goes, hell no. Why would I want to make my first fight back against Ngannou? But, uh, you know, totally, like, this is a guy with a huge following. Yeah. People love watching him fight. This is big for a division that just a week ago, we said, was one of the weakest and, like, least interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, John Jones is gone. We got an interim title fight, which we were about to get into in the <laughs> yeah. news. Rumble Johnson's back. Anthony Smith is fighting in two weeks. Like, whoo! This division's on fire right now. Tiago Santos and Glover Tiago Santos is We didn't even talk about Glover Teixeira, who, by the way, Anthony Johnson knocked out Glover Teixeira in, what, 11 seconds? It was quick. Literally just bop. Just one, one straight right. Gone. Done. Glover, who just beat up Anthony Smith. Yeah. So, man, those The light heavyweight division. It feels good to be excited about light This is the division that was the staple for the UFC for years. Yeah. If you look back at those post uh, Ultimate Fighter one days, I mean, look at the hot potato that that title division, like yeah. the title picture had. You start with Chuck Liddell on his run; he gets beat by Rampage Jackson, who then immediately gets beat by Forrest Griffin, yep. who then immediately gets beat by Rashad Evans, yep. who then immediately gets beat by Leota Machida, yep. who then immediately gets beat by Shogun Hua, yep. who then immediately gets beat by John Jones. Oh. And then that's been... Okay. <laughs> the last nine and a half That's years. the last immediate right the, there. Fun fact, this segues us, I guess, perfectly into the next bullet point. Yeah. There has not been a light heavyweight champion other than John Jones and or Daniel Cormier in the last nine and a half years. Nine but and a half years. that changes in a little over a month's time. That changes because we talked a lot about in our last episode about the official announcement of the 253 main event, Paulo Costa, Israel Adesanya, middleweight title. But we have our co-main, and it is not Robert Whitaker and Jared Cannon. Oh, it's not. It is the interim light heavyweight title on the line. As Jan Blahovich mm. takes on Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes, by the way, my fighter who uh, I mentioned as uh, who would be my prediction, I should say, for light heavyweight champion this time next year. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. My whole prediction for the light heavyweight division, you could just scrap it. Yeah, scrap it. John Jones ain't going back. Nope. It's going to be one, Rumble of, the, one, of, these, back, one like, of these two guys, Rumble Johnson, um, <laughs> Tiago, Tiago, like uh, then you got like Yuri Perchaka. That's the title picture. Up and coming prospect. I'm telling you, the light heavyweight division. Even if Anthony Smith like can bounce back from that Glover fight, like he's like definitely up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that run he went on before John Jones kind of just beat the brakes off of him. Yeah, I mean, John Jones gone. <laughs> This, that whole picture is opened up. Th- now. This whole division is it's. It feels like the boogeyman's finally like yeah. left the house. And you know DC's gone. DC's like gone. Th- dude. I'm telling you. What an exciting time! I love it. I really love it. But for this uh, actual fight, actually, you know what? I want to get your thoughts. Who should Rumble's first fight back be? <laughs> Wowzers. Um. 
Because you have to wonder if he's going to, you know, Definitely he, hasn't, top 10. he has not fought in three years as of now. I still think he might be top 10. might be three and a half. You got to think the last, when he retired, it was after losing a championship. Yeah, fight. he literally like, lost that fight against Cormier. He, he went retired. out at the step below, going out on top. You know what I mean? I mean, I definitely think it's top ten, but how high up are you? Are we thinking? You know what I think was is kind of fun. Uh, I'm looking at your screen here because my phone's locked right now. I'm thinking like, why not give him like the winner of the Anthony Smith and Rochick fight coming up? Maybe that fight makes sense. Maybe, uh, maybe even Santos versus uh, Glover win because yeah. it could potentially be a rematch between him, him and either Glover. of those two, or even Volkan Uzdemir. Yeah, like any of those, like what nine through five. Yeah, I think any of those make sense. Yeah, but one hundred percent like a top ten fighter. Yeah, put I this mean, guy I, back in. I definitely and, think. And if I'm the UFC, a guy like Rumble, I want him in the title picture. Yeah, from a promotional standpoint. Yeah, and I feel like he's just below that status to where like I don't think he comes in and immediately gets a title shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, like, I he, agree. Definitely he definitely come, no, no, he definitely comes in and earns it. Yes, which is nice to see. Like, Whether it's one fight, two. This fights. isn't like a guy like Jones who right. comes back and immediately gets placed in the title picture. Like he's gonna earn it. Yeah, I, really, depending on who he fights, right? It could be one fight. It could, but be. I see it maybe two. But again. Like I said, depends you don't on know. who he fights. You don't know. It, depends a lot on of what it, happens in the division. A lot of it depends on how some of these big fights go. If Glover beats Tiago Santos, and he's that puts you him at upset. you put him at number two. Rumble knocked him out in eleven seconds. Rematch, Rematch him, and there you go, right back in the title. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it again. Th- this could go so many ways, but it just feels good to be talking like. Look at this excitement with anticipation for, for the, the light, light heavyweight division. division. I love it. And I don't want to like act like that that division hasn't had anything. It just felt like the whole division had been revolving around Jones and DC. And DC. That's it. Like whoever they were fighting, that was the fight that we were talking about. Yeah. But now, when well, it, these... it was like, oh, John's gonna win again. Oh, DC's gonna win again. Now, and even dude. though we thought he lost his last two fights, and I was excited about a potential Reyes rematch, and it's kind of a shame that that fight doesn't get to happen for Reyes, who I thought won that fight. If you're Reyes, though, at least you're getting your title shot. But I do agree, like, he he wanted that rematch. He wanted to prove that he beat John. So for this matchup, Jan Blachowicz and Dominic Reyes, what are your initial thoughts? I think it's fun. Blachowicz is on a tear right now. Reyes is on a tear. He was undefeated until he lost to Jones, which, again, we haven't said enough through six episodes so far. We both think Reyes beat John Jones. The judges, of course, did not. I think it's a fun fight. Both strikers. Dominic is a very technical, precise striker. Jan is a technical striker, but he's more the guy with the one punch power, yeah, as we he's saw got, I think in he's, his last he's couple shown, fights. He's shown he has more power. I think. So uh, I think it's a fun fight. I don't think there's a clear cut winner. Like there's a guy maybe I lean more toward that we'll discuss next month. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a fight. It could be a very fun fight. Yeah. Jan Blahovich is on a three fight winning streak. Uh, knocked out Luke Rockhold. That was a yeah. Cool, welcome to was, light heavyweight. Yeah, welcome to light heavyweight. Rockhold, man, that that punch that. And I know there's, you know, Luke Rockhold's been kind of memed yeah. for his uh, chin. Oh, Lukey's going on. But uh, that knockout was still awesome to see. Yeah. I mean, Blahovich after the fight said he saw that punch, like that punch. He saw that in his dreams about um, yeah. ten thousand or went through his head like ten thousand times. And I believe him. Like yeah. it just looked like so choreographed, like just. Bam, right there, out. Yeah. 
Then he gets a decision win over uh, Jacare Souza. Yeah. A pretty boring fight. I remember watching that live. But Jacare, that was also Jacare's debut. That was Jacare's debut at light heavyweight. Yeah, so Blahovich. Basically, been, Blahovich ain't letting none of these middleweights come up yeah. into his division. He's been like, "Welcome." Yeah, we'll send you back down. Send now. you back down. Yeah, and then uh, probably obviously to fight that but got him the title. He fight. sent Corey Anderson to Bellator. He sent him to Bellator. <laughs> Corey Anderson, who was you know coming off a lot of hype over after that uh, big win he had against Johnny Walker, the surging prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, they match up, and he knocks out Corey Anderson in three minutes. Knocks him out. Jan, it's kind of like one of those where it's almost overdue for him, sort of. Because really, like, what is that, seven of his last eight fights he's mm-hmm. won? The yeah. only loss to Tiago Santos, uh, Which, you know, the guy you picked to be champion yeah, this time next yeah. year. So Jan has uh, always been fighting those top guys as well. But in his case, he's been beaten so now he's finally getting that title shot, yeah. and what a guy to you know have it against. Don I think I think I think I'm even uh, someone who's guilty of doing this. I think there's a lot of people overlooking Jan in mm-hmm. the title picture and in this fight. Dominic Reyes again. We thought he beat John Jones. It was at least John Jones's probably most competitive fight, which is saying a lot because yeah. we thought that fight was Santos. You have the Gustafson fight. I mean, even the second DC fight before he finished them. Like, these are fights that were competitive. Yep. Uh, but his most competitive fight against Reyes. So I think a lot of people are assuming that Reyes is going to win this fight. But this is no easy fight no. for him. No, not at all. And while I'm still leaning towards Reyes, the younger guy, the more technical guy, the bigger guy, or I should say the taller, lankier guy. More athletic, yeah, probably. Yeah, you've, you've seen that work so well for Jones in that division, and I feel like Reyes might kind of follow that same sort yeah. of path. But, man, it would not surprise me at all if Blahovich comes in and just, I wouldn't even be surprised if he finished them. Yeah, I'm so excited to do a preview show for that pay-per-view now. Yeah. As if, I, as if the main event wasn't enough for me yeah. now. We don't even know the other fights on that card. There's a couple other ones that are decent too. Yeah, don't I can't. Know, I don't know if off the top of my head, but there's other good fights. Like, but most importantly, two title fights. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> so Whew. it's going to be really exciting to break that down. Shout out to the UFC for getting that done too, because they light, didn't light heavyweight. I mean, Jones held out. Had been talking about going to heavyweight for a year. Everything happened. The so whole quick. division was kind of being held up and. Dana said there will be a title fight by the end of 2020. They gave Jones the option. Jones said, I'm going to heavyweight. They said, all right. It all went so seamlessly well. Yeah. You know? It yeah. really worked out great. Yeah. And it, it feels For like, everybody. And it feels like the right time, too, because mm-hmm. Reyes and Blahovich have not fought since late winter. Yep. Or early spring, however you want to. I don't know what months. I know Blahovich fought in January, and then um, Reyes was... February, February. Right? so yeah. uh, both guys have not fought in a while, but it feels like this is the perfect time because it's like if it would have went any longer, then you'd be like, all right, you're holding up the division. Yep. But at least now we can finally move on. There's clarity across the board. Yeah. The only uh, negative to any of this is that nobody takes it from Jones. Right. Which and is who knows never if that, that would have ever happened. Yeah. But. Uh, it just feels good to kind of get someone to move on. We get a new champion for the first time in a decade, essentially. And I, I can't wait for that matchup. It's awesome. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, really, Jones to heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it, right? Yeah. 
now I, it's just official. Like more yeah. than likely, anyway. I guess it's not official, but he's basically said he's gonna take some time, let the heavyweight division play out with Steve Payne and Ganu. More than likely, mm-hmm. he's gonna you know transform his body, and uh, if he comes back at all, it will be at heavyweight. So I'm predicting right now, and I can be held to this if this doesn't happen. I am predicting Jones will have one fight at heavyweight before he fights for a title. And I you think really that'll think? either I think that'll either be Do you think he wants that? Because Dana said he'd straight up give him a title shot. I think that's what he wants. And I know that's I weird that. to say, like you can get a title shot, but when you're John Jones and technically he has the one loss on his record, but it's by um disqualification. disqualification. Um shout out to Matt Hamill. Matt Ohio Hamill, boy. Ohio boy. But uh when you have that one, really, you're undefeated. Yeah. So, it's not like he has nothing to lose if he was to lose the first fight at heavyweight, the title fight at heavyweight. That ruins a lot of hype, though. Yeah. So, I think uh, he needs to be careful. And yeah. I think he is. He's talking about taking time to transform. I He really wants to see what he can do with his body. And I mean, you and saw I... when... Um, uh, originally at UFC 197, when he was coming back from kind of, I don't know if that was the first time, after the first time he popped for PEDs, or if that was just after all the shit that went on with him getting suspended for coke and mm-hmm. the hit and run and all that, he was supposed to fight Daniel Cormier at UFC 197, yep. a rematch, but then DC had to pull out. Yep. So, so then he matches up with Ovin St. Prue, and I know that wasn't the original booking, but he was more than half and he looked rusty in that fight yeah. so I think um, for him I think it might be smart to take one fight before the belt so Especially I'm predicting right now he will either fight the winner of Blades and Lewis mm-hmm. or he will fight the loser of Stipe and Ngannou that makes sense either one because I think assuming I don't even want to say assuming but hopefully Stipe and Ngannou too happens by I would say by the latest like February yeah and then you're looking at Jones making his debut around April, I would say. Yeah. So either the loser of that fight, or you have Blades and Lewis, which could be, I mean, set up very well for that to happen. Uh, I think that he, he, whoever he faces, if he wins, then he's next for the belt. And some of those matchups, I mean, really the two off top, you know, him versus Ngannou and him versus Stipe. I know what I said on Wednesday. I yeah. said I thought Jones would handedly beat Stipe. But just the build-up for that, the anticipation. The thought of it, yeah. Yeah, and just that thought in the back of my head, like, and now it's my favorite fighter, my favorite fighter, Stipe, like, that thought, like, he could really dethrone the possible GOAT. Stipe could launch himself from number 10 on our list to... Number one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, mean, literally. Yeah, like, I'm just... There's so... And then the, the matchup with him and Ngannou. Yikes. I I almost feel like it would be harder for him. Like I think a matchup with Ngannou might be harder for him than Stipe, and I'm predicting Stipe to, to beat, beat Ngannou. Ngannou. Yeah, just yeah. because Ngannou like that that power and that size. Yeah, you know we have not seen Jones really have to go through someone with that kind of ability. Yeah, regardless of how maybe tech like the lack of techni- technicality is that what I'm looking for yeah, there? Let's go with it. Uh, and Ngannou striking like. That he just punching has the power. power. Yeah. One punch, and you're looking at a guy who is going to be small as far as um, his Compared bulk. to Ngannou. Yeah, so... Especially. Uh, God, so exciting to 
he's making that move, and yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to see it. Hopefully, it really all comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. There's still some chatter online about maybe this is all just a a uh, that a lot of this is really just um, a like, gimmick, a negotiation tactic. Yeah, uh. because you saw like if you go back to Connor getting that fight against Eddie Alvarez at 205. Originally, Habib signed to fight Eddie. Yeah. And then the rug kind of gets pulled out from under him. So um, we'll see if it really comes to fruition. But I really hope it does because I'm very excited. Oh, yeah, man. To, to That's awesome. It. So uh, that pretty much wraps up the news for uh, today. That's the news. Yeah. All right, we're done. No, we're just kidding. <laughs> we have a whole preview show yeah, to get into. So, we got fights tomorrow. Yeah, so we, we talked about this on um, Monday, I believe. Might have said it at the end of Wednesday. I'm not sure. But... With this card for Saturday, a lot of people on this card we didn't know much about. We said we were going to go do our homework. We had to do some homework. And I'm glad we did because I'm a lot more excited now than I was just a few days ago. You know, I want to tell everybody listening, if you, like, look this card up online, you know, UFC Vegas uh, 7. We've got Munoz versus Edgar, a great Bantamweight uh, main event. Frankie Edgar making his long-awaited debut at 135 pounds. But, like, for the... For the casual fan, you know, we want to get these people into the sport. If you look at this card, you're going to probably turn away from it. You're going to watch something else on Saturday night. Don't. These fights have potential to be incredible. I don't care what their names are, how big of a star they are. If they never become a star, the the matchups and, you know, from what we've seen and, you know, what we're going to talk about in this episode, don't sleep on these fights. And just to kind of run down the main card here, main event, Bantamweight fight, Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar. Then you got back-to-back light heavyweight fights, Ovid St. Prue, who I just mentioned, uh, going up against Alonzo Menafield. That's OSP's return fight to light heavyweight. Yep. Um, then you have Mar- another light heavyweight fight, uh, Marcin Procnio versus Mike Rodriguez. Then women's flyweight fight, Maria Agapova versus Shayna Dobson. And to start our night off for the main card, welterweight action, Daniel Rodriguez versus Takashi Sato. So, Get me right into that first fight. Um, let's start with our first fight, welterweight, Daniel Rodriguez versus Takashi Sato. Dom, oh, I'm ready Dom, for this you, one. You take it away. I, I, I told you when you walked in to the studio today, I said, <laughs> this is going to be fight of the night. Mm-hmm. And my mind has not changed. I think I agree with you, too. So, Takashi uh, Sato? Yeah, that's how Dana said it. Takashi Sato. Ten first-round finishes. Ten first-round finishes. 16-3 overall record. He's got 11 KOTKOs and two submissions. He's coming off of a huge knockout. This is a guy with a lot of hype behind him. A guy that I, I wanted to mention this from Japan. So he's from the Asian, uh, you know, Pacific region. Right. We're looking in the UFC for stars from that region. We've got Wei Li Zhang from China, obviously. Um, and it's good to see a guy with hype like this, still only 30, relatively young in, you know, MMA, on a tear right now, and a guy that you can market well in the Asian region, which I think is huge. And yeah. he has no easy task ahead of him. I like that, making note of that, because the UFC has been talking about that for a while now, about making that big just entry into the Asian market. Yep. Because um, I'm going to, this is kind of a side story, but I think it relates to what you're talking about here. Um, In the early 2000s, the UFC, while they've been around since 1993, 
But they were not the king of mixed martial arts. No. It was a Pride Fighting Championship. Located in? Asia. <laughs> yes. So. So, they, had a, they were the biggest MMA promotion in the world while the UFC was still trying to establish it in the United States. Because really, MMA first took off over there. If you go back even further, you're talking about, you know, also professional wrestling is very big over there. Yep. And you had uh, Shudo, which was a promotion that kind of mixed the two elements of professional wrestling and MMA in the 90s. Um, guys like Ken Shamrock were fighting over there. Uh, a lot of their fights were kind of like scripted, I guess. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know too much about it, so I don't want to mess up here and yeah. say something wrong. But I know that it was a lot of uh, fights were kind of the winner was booked, but they were legitimately fighting mm-hmm. towards that finish. So you're kind of mixing the two elements there of like professional wrestling with the pre-booking, like the booked winners, how they're winning essentially. But then you have the element of mixing fighting styles and doing, you know, technical striking and like real fighting. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the roots. And then um, that moves on to Pride FC who were just huge in the early 2000s. And uh, they end up going out of business in 2007. They get bought by Zufa LLC, the parent company of the UFC. Um, basically, the Pride had a lot of ties to the Yakuza, which is uh, their version of the Mafia, as we know it in the United States. Um, so the UFC was originally planning to buy Pride and then continue running shows over there under Pride FC, but everybody got too scared to do business with Pride because of the Yakuza stronghold, so they end up closing it, and basically the UFC purchased them for their fight library, a very expensive purchase, I might add. Um, So really since then, the UFC has been looking to kind of establish their name in that market, and it's been very challenging for them to do so. You still have one FC that's been very big. Yeah, located over there, yep. Um, so another promotion like Ryzen, mm-hmm. I believe that's Japan. So uh, other promotions over there that are still very popular. Uh, but you see like a champion like Whaley Zhang, excuse me, who is really looking to kind of break out. That be, really is yeah. like the front runner in this whole yeah. busting into that market. For yeah. the so uh, I, I agree with you completely about looking for those stars that come from Asia because... That's the market that they're really pushing for. I believe they're even planning to do some sort doing of a, a PI, UFC, like yeah, a PI, yeah. a UFC Performance Institute over in China, I yeah. believe. Um, so they're really trying to hit that market hard, just like they've been doing. The, you know, they saw them do it really successfully with Europe and um, Brazil, yeah, things like that. And now you even got Abu Dhabi. It like just shows the worldwide footprint, the scope of the yeah. of what the UFC is really trying to do, make this a global sport yeah. a global phenomenon yeah so um yeah kind of going back to this fight and that you know look at all of that like what i just summed up for you years of history right and this is the f- opening fight of the main card yeah of a fight night that a lot of people are not excited for this is such a good but there's there fight. can be a big implicate this guy takashi sato he's got that exciting style he's still in his i mean really just starting to kind of hit his prime mm-hmm. as far as age wise and um he, I mean, he could very well be like he wins this, and he, boom, you're. I could see top fifteen opponent coming next for either one of these guys. I don't know. 
how far back they are because I don't know how much they do their rankings <laughs> yeah, past yeah. 15. But this is an exciting fight. And it's a tough matchup for him because he's going up against Daniel Rodriguez, who's three years older, 33, but he's 12-1 and one and has not lost in the UFC. Yeah, he's got six KOTKOs, four submissions. He's won eight in a row. Yeah. Sato's won eight of his last ten. Mm-hmm. Give me this. Sign me up for this. And Daniel Rodriguez, uh, I like to make note of this. He came from Tuesday Night Contender. So, obviously, the UFC believes in this guy. Mm-hmm. And you've seen, I mean, he's got wins over, like, Tim Means. He was scheduled to fight Kevin Holland before that got scrapped. So, his level of competition, I would say, is higher than what Takashi Sato has fought so far. Yeah. Although, probably the biggest out of all of those, uh, Takashi Sato did lose to Bilal Muhammad. A guy who's, you know, really He's hungry. very popular yeah, really, in the MMA yeah. community. Yeah, especially on, like, MMA Twitter. Memes yeah, he's a very funny guy. So, um, he was also scheduled to fight uh, Mackie Patolo, a guy we talked about in our uh, pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that got scrapped. So, um, coming off that win over Jason Witt in 48 seconds with the ground and pound. Um, Daniel Rodriguez coming off a decision win against Gabe Green. But before that, getting that guillotine choke, standing guillotine choke against Tim Means. I'm very excited for that fight. I uh, definitely, it's my fight of the night yeah, prediction. And Dana White put it on. If you don't know, now you know. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of implications with that fight. Maybe oh, yeah. maybe we're uh, maybe we're shooting too high when we're talking about Takashi Sato being the star of the Asian market, but you never know. That's what they're looking for. Only yeah. way to find out? Watch them yeah. fight Saturday yeah. night. And then the second fight, also big implications for that flyweight division. Because and, oh, go ahead. I think... Uh, one of these two competitors might be about to be the next star of that division. The women's flyweight. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you right now. Maria Agapova Watch versus out Shayna for this Dobson. Woman. Watch out for Agapova. And I'm gonna Is say that how you some, say it? Yeah. Agapova? Yeah. And I'm gonna say this right off the rip. And feel free to uh, I'm definitely setting myself up for if something else happens here that uh, I'm gonna look with some egg in my face, like look stupid. Uh so uh, feel free to roast me if this doesn't happen. Please do. This matchup is completely made for uh, her to just dominate. Oh, I agree with that. Shayna Dobson is three and four. That's a negative and record. I, you know, she's lost her last three fights. She is one and three in the UFC. Um, yeah, I I definitely think that uh, Maria Agapova is about to dominate this fight. Yeah, so this Maria... Is it Maria or Mariah? It, I don't even know. It might be Mariah. We can go with Mariah. Mariah, uh, Maria, Agapovo, if yeah. you're watching, with that, we apologize. With that Y in there, we'll go with Mariah. Yeah. Nine and one. Mm-hmm. She's only 23 yeah. years old. Busting into the women's flyweight division, a division that's looking for contenders to compete with Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. One of the most dominant UFC champions there is right now in the whole uh, organization. Now, another uh, note before I go into more stats on her that relates to the uh, first fight of the night. Mm-hmm. This is the only and first ever UFC fighter from the country of Kazakhstan. Really? Again, going back to the point, the UFC has that global Footprint. See, I'm really glad that you uh, made note of that because I mentioned in the pilot episode about um, the first fighter from the country. That I think it was Jordan. Yeah, I right. I, I remember that. So, um, 
it's just it's really cool to just the fact that in 2020 we're still getting our first guys from these different countries in a sport that or gals yeah yeah or gals in a fight that or in a um in a time frame where it feels like the sport is so global with the fact that it's still expanding it's still there's still so much more like there's a reason they say it's the fastest growing sports industry sports organization in the world mm-hmm. they're not slowing down not at all not even close and with uh, what do we say mariah mariah, <laughs> mariah here uh she's really you know she had she was on a contender series as well yep and that's her one loss she lost to tracy Only cortez career. by decision uh, so she goes to invicta who has kind of been the uh, recruitment ground for women's fighters? A lot of a lot of stud female fighters, kind of like there. the minor leagues, if you will, yeah. for women's fighters in yeah. the UFC. Uh, gets two wins by finishing there, rear naked choke in three minutes against Alexa Connors, and then the ground and pound finish, four minutes fifty five seconds of round one against. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Marie. <laughs> I should have read that. Marilia Santos. That's good. That's good. Uh, comes back to the UFC against Hannah Seifert. Just another fall. name. That's finish, a that's a big name to come into the UFC yeah, with. Finishes like a her tough chick. Rear naked choke finish in two minutes and forty two seconds of round one. Oh man, I love to see that because we've mentioned before that um, not that women's MMA isn't exciting, but the fact that there's less finishes. Yeah. They're just a lot of decisions in women's and, MMA. And, and I've seen clips of this Agapova. She can throw hands. Yeah. She set up the hands on Cyphers, hurt her with a head kick, if I'm not mistaken, landed yeah. some shots, and then boom, grabs her standing, puts her in the rear naked, and then drops back yeah. and made her tap. I'm I'm ready after this fight, assuming uh, she does what I just predicted her to do and really set myself up to be roasted if she doesn't do. If she does that... If she delivers here, I know against a competitor that's not uh, looking super strong right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready to go buy all in. Oh buy, yeah, buy all I'm, in. I'm all I'm on buying, this I'm buying my Agapova uh, stock now. Yeah, she, just because I, I again I like to kind of jump on like really buy into these people early on. It's nice to see someone who's not yet got that name to her. You know, again, her biggest platform before this was Contender Series, yeah. and she lost that fight. And you and I've seen this week they're trying to push her, yeah, big. Another yeah. fighter again from a market we don't see. Right. Brett uh, Okamoto had a, a great interview with her. I haven't mm-hmm. caught the whole thing, but he did an interview with her. Uh, she was on the UFC video I mentioned to you earlier today. Dana put her on. If you don't know now, you know. They're they're high on this girl, and for good reason. Again, literally nine and one. Only losses on the Contender Series. Seven of her nine wins are by finish. Six of those seven, first round. Yeah, we're going to be looking at a quick night. I think so because on the other end we got Shayna Dobson, who we just said her overall record's three and four. She's one and three officially in the UFC. She's actually an Ultimate Fighter vet. She was on the season of the uh, inaugural where they crowned the inaugural flyweight champion. So uh, that's kind of cool. That shout out Nico. Yeah. yeah, shout out Nico. Uh, on that show, she actually lost her first fight against Roxanne Modafferi, another girl who's kind of... That's like a legend around. of female mixed martial arts. Yeah, it's kind of weird, like, isn't really? it? She's got like 40 yeah. fights. So Pretty. she loses her first fight on The Ultimate Fighter, ends up coming back for the finale, and has her only UFC victory against Ariel Beck, uh, round two. Then the three-fight losing streak, she loses back-to-back decisions to Lauren Mueller and then Sabina Mazo. And then ultimately, uh, a former title challenger, Priscilla Cachuera, uh 
uppercuts her over 40 seconds. That's why I think this fight, first round finish, is kind of where I'm leaning here. First round. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be a submission or KOTKO. I, I, I'm with you. I'm also going first round finish for uh, Agapova in this yeah. one. Well, real quick before we go into the third fight, we didn't do our prediction for the first fight. Yeah. I, I, we predicted I, fight of the night, yeah. but we forgot to make our actual prediction. I uh, think this fight goes the distance. I, I see really a three-round war. I see a three-round war. And, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to lean here Daniel Rodriguez. Okay, just to make it fun, mm-hmm. I'm going Takashi. This really could go either way. Yeah, this really could. We're both saying three-round war. Yeah. We're picking, I'm picking Sato. You've got Rodriguez. I and I think that and and I, I feel kind of bad saying that because I just set up Sato to take <laughs> over the entire Asian market. Yeah, right. Um, but it, what I'm kind of looking at here is I'm looking at Rodriguez is for one how great he's looked in the UFC and his record in the UFC, mm-hmm. but also he's three years older. I think maybe that uh, added kind of experience there mm-hmm. um, will be to his benefit. And that win against Tim Means, I'm going to keep going back to, but I, I that's just, a big win. Though. It's a big win for him, and you know, for the other side, Sato, his only kind of, I guess, I mean, he did have a win over Ben Saunders, who mm-hmm. at one time people thought might be a up and coming contender, but that you know, his comparable fight with Bilal Muhammad, he loses that fight. Yeah, not the most, uh, not the smartest way to be making decisions, you know, with doing MMA math like that. Because that never works out. But uh, definitely going to be an amazing fight. Could totally see it going either way. Oh, yeah. I might even go so far as to say split decision. I don't want to do that. Because yeah, then yeah. I'm really setting myself up to not get that prediction right. But um, I just think that fight's going to be so much fun. So so now we're, we're, we're back on track. Yeah, We've so, got our predictions in for the first two fights of the night. So the third fight. What I think excites me about this one, because you mentioned this as soon as I walked in. Uh, this is kind of loser leaves the brand. That's what I've seen in a few articles. Yeah. Um, again, these are some guys, especially these two, mm-hmm. there's not really much talk about this fight right. but other than like the articles that I had to dig in and find information about these guys. I do want to say, though, so we've got Mike Rodriguez, mm-hmm. who's 10-4, and four, going up against... How, uh, Marcin Prachin Prognio So Prognio is 13-4 Rodriguez is 10-4 This is at 205 pounds So light heavyweight um, I did, you know, Some just quick stats Before we break it down We've got Mike Rodriguez He's finished every win that he has So he's 10-4 All 10 wins by finish 8 KO TKOs 2 submissions Prognio has finished 11 of his 13 wins 10 by KO, TKO, 1 submission. Um, however, Prognio, I, I did make a note on this with a little star. Prognio has fought two times in the UFC, and he's 0-2 <clears> in both fights, and has been finished in both of those. Can we get a W in the chat for Dom's research going in here? I'm loving these statistics you're pulling out. You're really, the nerd in me is just so proud to like see that. Well, thanks. I'm loving the breakdown there. You know, I and, hope the lovely listeners are just learning from us. That's all. Yeah, that's all we want to see. And uh, for and I think you're right. That's a good point to make with the 0-2 in the UFC. It um, really stood out, too, that both were by finish. On the other end, Mike Rodriguez came from the Contender Series again. I like making note Shout of those. Shout out the Contender Series. Yeah, my favorite, basically probably my favorite ongoing Product like in the UFC. series, yeah. yeah. Um, 
as much as I love looking for a fight or the ultimate fighter, like, yep. this is, like, my favorite. Yes. He gets the win over Jamel Jones in that. Two minutes, flying knee and punches. Overall, he is, I believe, 2-2 two and two in the UFC. Um, and ultimately, I think he's going to win this fight. With, on the, but let me give Procneo his respect here. He's a he came from one one FC. Yeah, so he legit came from, dudes. He came from a big promotion. Yeah, yeah. And his two losses have been to legit guys: Sam Alvey, Magomed Enkalev, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uh, both Again, by ten finish. out of ten from you. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, he's fought tougher competition. Um, I guess why I'm kind of leaning here, I. And I, I might sound a little dumb to someone who knows a lot more about fighting styles and whatnot, but what stuck out to me is Procneo is a karate fighter. He It's an interesting style. That loss against Sam Alvey, as you were pointing Smiling out to me. Smiling Sam. Yeah, as you point out to me, he essentially was just walking in to Sam Alvey's He shots. basically showed... No level of fighter IQ. Yeah. Which you kind of need when you're in the UFC. Yes. Especially against a guy like Sam Alvey, by yeah. the way. And for Mike Rodriguez and his two wins, you have the flying knee, and then you have the knee to the body and punches. I think this is set up. I'm not saying that it's going to be his third win by flying knee yeah. or knee to the body, but I think for a guy that te- that seems to be able to get these wins in kind of a – almost highlight real fashion able to really put some power into some shots whether it's with the knee with the mm-hmm. legs with the punches um i think that's what this is kind of gonna end up being i really wanted to go procneo just because it seems like he has more um competition behind him mm-hmm. but uh i think i'm gonna go mike rodriguez by i'll, I'll give uh, procneo this i'll go uh third round uh tko ko so I'm going to agree with you on Mike Rodriguez. I'm going to take him. I think this fight is still going to be fun. I agree. Like, there's something about all five of these fights that intrigue me a lot. These guys go for the finish, obviously, as right. we've stated with these KOs, TKOs that they have. I'm thinking we've got a barn burner to start the first round off. I think Rodriguez gets some better of the exchanges. So I'm going to go a second round KO, TKO for Mike Rodriguez. Yeah. And ultimately, I think Procneo will be... I think this is a loser leaves the brand, which, you know, for this fight... It's hard for the lesser-known guys, For this fight being third, like, probably the least amount of hype for us personally going Mm -hmm. into it. You know, we talked about that first fight, how on paper that looks awesome. Second fight with Mariah Agapova, how we think this is going to be kind of her coming out coming out party for a lot of people. Um, then you got OSP back at light heavyweight going up against another good guy and Alonzo Menafield, and then obviously the main event. Yeah. So really there's like the least amount of hype for us for this, but I like it has that added factor of like... You better put on a show. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm not saying that I like that someone will potentially be cut from the UFC. And again, still hypothetical, yeah. but, you know... Just it just adds much. some hype for us personally because yeah. that's, what, that's one more. of the things I always loved about the Contender Series. It's like... If you don't win, you're not in. Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a fight to the death in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Like, um, I always like where there's that added uh, interest based on, this is really like, you you win, you stay, you leave, or you lose, you you leave, you leave. Yeah. 
So both guys are going to be coming in. They're going to bring it. They're going to bring it. But I'm leaning Mike Rodriguez here. So, I like uh, it. Moving on to the co-main here. OSP. Ovid St. Prude, the the vet of the light heavyweight division. Johnny's, he fights all the time. Yeah, he's uh, moving back down. He had that one fight at heavyweight against Ben Rothwell, and he's going up against Alonzo Menafield. So, Dom, break it down for the, the viewers here. Well, let me just tell you, I'm glad he's back down at 205. He's where he belongs. I was very intrigued. To see him at uh, heavyweight. This is a guy that used to play college football at the University of Tennessee. Yeah. He ain't small. No. So, it was good to see him go up there and try it. But, ooh, I don't want to see it again. He tired out very badly. Not yeah. saying Ben Rothwell is uh, no He's no joke, right? Ben Rothwell's kind of a pressure guy. He's, yeah. he's a guy that likes... He'll, that he'll, fight was wild So, pressure. Ben Rothwell likes to clinch and, like, lay on you yeah. and put that weight on you. Yeah. So, um, for someone like OSP, first time with that added weight. Yeah, he had to carry his I, own added it's kind weight. Of, it's weird because I really enjoyed that fight. I mm-hmm. think it's kind of a fight that a lot of people overlooked on that card. Yeah. But I actually remember really enjoying it because OSP had his moments. He was landing some big shots. Yeah, he, he did. And Ben Rothwell was landing as well. But I guess if you look at it from OSP's like perspective, like just look at it how he looked in that fight, not a great performance. Yeah, I agree. even though I enjoyed the fight, ultimately he gassed out very quickly, and loses, I think it was just the weight. He loses by split decision um, to Rothwell. Rothwell, the bigger guy who just way looked, bigger looked a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Just you know, so I guess I I wouldn't have minded seeing OSP stick at heavyweight just because I like to see guys kind of if they're making that move. I want it to kind of work out for them. Yeah. Um, probably a smart idea going back to light heavy. It's a more natural. Especially now that John Jones is gone. You know, who yeah, knows? Right. We're talking about a guy that fought for a title <laughs> yeah. just a few years ago. Yeah. You know? And, well, he, uh, did, he didn't fight for the title, did he? It was the interim belt, him and John. Really? Yeah. Okay. At least I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. I mean, but. Uh, I he, could be reg- wrong, but regardless, regardless, he fought John he, Jones. I mean, right? he's been in that top yeah. six, seven discussion for years now. So, basically, I look at him still kind of being in that same range for this fight, even though he's not technically ranked at all in light heavyweight, I don't think. And, and uh, you know, I love watching OSP. He's known for his Von Prue choke, if I'm not mistaken. That's what it's called. He has four of them, which is like a submission, if you haven't heard of it. It's Von Flu. Von Flu. Yeah. Yeah. Von Flu. It should, should be thing, called, it should be called Von Prue. It should be called the Saint Prue. Because... Because this man has four of them in the UFC, and a submission that no one, you never see that submission. And especially for the bigger guys to be doing this. Yeah. Um, Now, with that being said, I'm on Alonzo Minifield hype train right now. Mm -hmm. Three and one in the UFC, nine and one overall. Ladies and gentlemen, this man has finished all nine wins. Yeah. Eight by KO, TKO, one submission. Now, I do just want to give OSP credit where it's due. He's got 24 wins, and 19 of those are by submission, or by finish, I should say. 11 via KOTGO, 8 submissions. Um, and again, we already mentioned he's coming back to light heavyweight after the one fight stint at uh, heavyweight. He's back to light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I think I messed up there, but you get what I'm saying. But ultimately, I really like this Alonzo Minifield guy, even though he's only got four fights right now in the UFC. I think he's coming out swinging. 
I think he's putting OSP down in round one. Really? Yes. So this will be fun. Because <laughs> uh, well, let me give Alonzo Menafield his props first. Another Tuesday night contender series guy stacked. <laughs> Beat Deshaun Boatwright in eight seconds. Eight eight seconds. I don't care who you're facing. The finishing someone, knocking them out. You can barely walk across the octagon in eight seconds. <laughs> yeah, I don't care who you are. Finishing a fight in eight seconds is you impressive. You put a guy to sleep in eight seconds. Then he gets a um, KO win over. Um, you're getting gosh, some tough dude. names tonight. Vincius. Fuck it, I'm not even saying it. Vinicius Morea. Morera gets knocked out in three minutes fifty six seconds. Fuck that first name. Not even going to try. Well, you're no longer a 10 out of 10. Vinicius. There you go. That's what I think it is. (laughs) That doesn't even sound right. Vinicius. Anyways. Then gets another KO win in three minutes against Paul Craig. And and that's your standout guy on the resume That's the standout guy for sure. A guy who went to a uh, majority draw with Shogun Hua. That's another fight that got rematched. Uh, They're they're having a rematch at 255. Such a great fight, but we ultimately took it off the Then he gets a couple of fights that get canceled against Trevor Smith and Devin Clark. Ultimately, that fight gets rebooked with Devin Clark. He loses by unanimous decision. That happened in June at UFC 250. Um, you know, I I definitely believe in Alonzo Menafield, but I might think this matchup might be a little too soon for him. Really? Hey, OSP's a vet. If you could list yeah, one, yeah, it's and I. Let's just say for OSP, he has shown to have a suspect chin mm-hmm. at times. Um, so. That could definitely bode well for someone who's a powerful striker like Menafield to put him out. But I think I'm going to go the other way here, and I'm going to say OSP by first-round submission. First-round submission, yeah. OSP. Yeah. First-round KO, So what, So what you have to realize with submissions, right, uh, the longer the fight goes, the harder a submission is. Yeah. Guys get, get sweaty. sweaty. Yep. Um, you have less... You know, you, you're a little more fatigued. Less energy, yeah. So you're yep. not able to really put that force into that choke. That Especially on a need. guy that, you know, performs chokes. Yeah. So I'm saying first round, I definitely could see Menafield dropping OSP. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe a scramble ensues. Maybe, like, uh, you know, he puts down OSP, tries to, like, you know, jump, his, jump straight to his guard maybe. And then OSP is able to kind of reverse the yeah. position. Yep. That's kind of how I'm seeing it going. So overall, it's a first-round submission. and It'll be disappointing for Menafield. But it, by no means do I think Menafield is, like, done. Oh, no. Not, or I don't think it's like a hype train derailed or yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, I just think that maybe it's too soon. I think I legitimately still believe OSP is the top ten light heavyweight. And what is a, he in the rankings right now? He's not ranked because he moved the heavyweight. Oh, they took him out. Yeah. Okay. So I still believe he's, a, at least I think he's not in here. But go ahead and keep talking while I look here. No, I mean, I, I completely could see that as a possibility. Um, OSP is a guy that's fought the who's who. Yeah, he's 38 not, professional sorry, just, fights. He's not ranked. Not ranked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm all for, you know, I like OSP personally. I like watching him fight. I do too. I, I could see him finishing it. But, uh, you know, we're agreeing to disagree on this one. I mean, we're saying first round. First round finishes. Yeah. Different guys, I mean, different uh, types of finishes. Literally, if, if, if um, 
if, like, really, if Metafield just kind of messes up one little thing, then your finish turns into my finish. Yep, yep, and vice versa, really. Yeah, and vice versa. Potentially. I guess mine could lead to yours easier, but... But, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see that fight because I think there's just uh, a lot that could happen there. Both guys who really come in and finish in different ways. Yeah, OSP's but, always that guy that's, like, co-meaning a fight night. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's like, a, he's a he's game. A household name, but not, like, a star. You know what I mean? Right. He's always game, too, yeah, man. he fights a lot. A submission specialist going up against a guy that's finishing everybody. Oh, yeah. That's so, funnel. on paper, that's exciting. And now that brings us to the main event of the evening. The answer. Frankie Edgar. Hey, Frankie. Bantamweight debut against Pedro Munoz. Dom, break it down for the viewers. Well, let me tell you, we've been waiting on this 135-pound debut for a long time from Mr. Frankie Edgar. We have. He's been saying leading up to this fight on Saturday, this has been long overdue. He, He feels this is his natural weight. He's... And, I mean, really, this isn't even up for debate, in my opinion. He's always been undersized. Yeah. At 155, where he was freaking champion of the world, by the way, he was undersized. He dropped down to 145. Still undersized. Now he's at that weight class where people are going to be his size. Yeah. They're going to be the same height. You know, I think that's the biggest thing for a guy like Frankie. Short limbs, Mm -hmm. just a short dude. To be fighting at 155 is crazy. I do hope the weight cut doesn't drain him too bad. He said he started uh, earlier than usual to get rid of that extra mm-hmm. 10 pounds. So I don't think he'll have an issue, especially a vet like Frankie. I can't see a guy like him missing weight. Hopefully. Yeah, it's so crazy, though. He was the lightweight champion. The lightweight champion. And now he's fighting at Bantamweight all these years later. Yeah. Usually, you Usually don't see it's that. the opposite. Usually guys are moving up when they get up. older. Yeah. Uh, Frankie has always said, he's like, I didn't want to cut weight. I didn't want to feel compromised. But ultimately, for him, he moved down to featherweight because really, those guys that were coming from WEC, mm-hmm. Strike Force, whatever, uh, they were just a lot bigger, a lot more athletic, even maybe stronger. Like, yeah. Frankie was just kind of getting to, he, he, he could see the writing on the wall, right? Yeah. Loses that belt to Benson Henderson, a tough ass guy, a guy who is big and strong and fast, all those things I just said. Uh, so he drops down the featherweight, which is where he was from 2013 till now. It's crazy he was there that long. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I wow. thought maybe it hadn't been that long, but his it first feels like fight it was yesterday. His first fight at featherweight 2013 was against the featherweight champion Jose Aldo. Wow, crazy to think that, huh? Number five on my goat list, by the way. Yeah, number five on the goat list. So Frankie Edgar um, been kind of a staple of two <clears throat> different divisions, making that the second time he's dropping weight. To bantamweight, um, Dom. I mean, do you want to say for Munoz here, kind of what's what's it? His? Yeah, Frankie's coming in and fighting a legit contender. Yeah, dude. Pedro Munoz is on. He's or he's won three of his last four. He's got eight. He's eighteen and four overall. Thirteen of those eighteen wins are by finish. Five KO, TKOs, eight submissions. One of those KOs, by the way. I guess we have to bring this up, don't we? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, just recently, Pedro Munoz knocked out our boy, no love, Cody Garbrandt. Tough to see. Tough to see. Uh, Frankie, on the other hand, 23 wins, 8 losses, 1 draw. This man has seen it all. 
If you look at that trilogy with uh, Gray Maynard, Gray Maynard the bully, go watch that. Especially the second fight. I mean, the first fight they had less hype. I think it was like a co-main on a fight night, which yeah. back then on Spike TV, not near the cards they're putting nowadays. Yeah. Um, ultimately, Maynard gets the decision win. They rematch once Edgar's champion. Uh, whew, that second fight. Let, let's put it like this. That is the most lopsided, what was it, first round? Dude. That first round was... Frankie the, got dropped three times, if I'm not mistaken, and that round, round. That round could have been 10-7. I was about to say the same thing. For Gray Maynard. Yeah. I mean, you, nobody, nobody after that first round thought Frankie had a chance in hell of pulling out that win. Yeah. And he didn't pull out the win. Yeah, yeah. But notice, you know, I said there's a draw on his record. Jesus Christ, dude. What a comeback. What a war. Maynard kind of fatigues. I mean, he really went for the finish, as you would. Yeah. After dropping a fucking person three times. Did he get a 10-8 then, I would assume? I think so. Even in a time where that was really rare. That was really rare. This was years ago. Now it would be a 10 It would probably be a 10-7 10-6. now. 10-6. I mean. Can you give a guy a zero? Because. Sheesh. Ouch. Owie. Yeah. But uh, it ends up being a draw, which guy you never see draws. Gray Maynard probably fucking. I I feel bad to be any fucking item in his hotel room that night. Yeah, they were all smashed. Yeah, he smashed all of them. <laughs> Lamps thrown against the wall, everything, because my God, man, you had that like that first round. You just looked incredible. It's like, what does it take to finish Frankie Edgar? Yeah, this man. I've been kind of waiting to get into this. Okay, I'll mention one last thing on Frankie, right? He's got 23 wins, 11 of them by finish, mm-hmm. 7 KOT games, 4 submissions. So less than 50% of his wins come by finish. Right. Frankie Edgar has the most fight time out of any fighter that's ever stepped foot in the UFC. Yeah. So what I was going toward is that Frankie did not ever get finished, win or lose, Obviously, if he won, he finished people, too. But in a loss, it was always by decision until, what, Mr. Uh, Brian Ortega? Yep. Wh- what year was that, Noah? L- let the people know. It was, uh, March 3rd, 2018. 2018. When did Frankie make his UFC debut? I just want to just check that out real quick. Uh, he made probably, a... it's, go, it's probably so far back you can't find February it. February 3rd, 2007. 2007. Folks, that's 11 years that every time this man lost, he never got put away. Never. So, going back to the Gray Maynard fight, Frankie Edgar is tough as hell. That's what we're getting at. Yeah. This man's chin is made of granite. Well, you said, you made a point. You said, what does it take to... What does it take to finish this man? Well, I'll tell you what it takes. It takes an uppercut from Brian Ortega. It takes him aging. (laughs) Okay. I know that's... uh, (laughs) I think that was a bit of... I think I I set up that answer to be a little bit... You stole my thunder from hyping up my man's Brian Ortega. (laughs) That's okay, though. I do agree. So, that makes sense. It, it takes him becoming old. Yeah. That's what it takes for him to get The hit. chin's got to weaken at some point. So, I'll let you continue with your thoughts on Ortega there. Well, oh, was that I all? mean, no, no, no. Well, I mean, shout out Brian Ortega, T-City. This uh, man was known for his submissions. He, he hit... Frankie with this uppercut. Uppercut right? from hell, Dom. Frankie's body floated in the air. Floated. He went, and then fell to the ground. 
<laughs> it, it, go look at it. But so, it, I'm not taking anything away from Frankie. Yeah. Again, this was the first time he had ever been finished in his UFC career. Maybe his or, whole career. No, his whole career. Whole career. Yeah. And it's just the toughness of Frankie Edgar. So then, after that fight, a big matchup with Cub Swanson, a guy who I will continue to you talk love about Swanson. how much I love Cub Swanson. But Frankie gets the decision win there. Bounce back fight in Atlantic City. Then uh, he gets a title fight with Blessed. Max Holloway. Blessed. Max uh, does what I think everybody thought he would do in that fight. Not the most exciting, but he dominated. Yeah, I mean, it was not like Frankie was ever really hurt or anything. Max just, just controlled Max the just distance. Controlled, yeah, and, kept the distance. Yeah. You know, that reach advantage probably it was pretty cool. significant. Yeah, it was big in that fight. And then uh, he goes up against uh, another one of my favorites. Yeah, what's he known as? The Korean Zombie. Yeah, oh, who's he fighting next, by the way? Literal Zombie. Oh, he's fighting Brian Ortega. Oh, yeah, wait, who are the two guys that have finished Frankie Edgar? Uh, I think it's Brian Ortega and Korean Zombie, Dom. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, all I gotta say. Korean Zombie also finishes Frankie Edgar in about three minutes. So, coming off that loss, you have seen Frankie Edgar be finished twice in basically a year. At yeah, that time. he's lost three of his last four. Yeah. Again, um, all great. Opponents. I remember at the time of that Korean zombie loss. Um, I think, if I remember right, that was originally supposed to be Ortega versus Zombie. Probably the first time, yeah. And yeah. Edgar jumps in late notice. True. Um, but I remember the chatter after that fight online to hang that him up. Frankie needs to retire because, yeah. again, a guy who had not been finished at all in 13 years, you said? Yeah. Or. 11 years. Yeah. In the uh, UFC. Yeah. Probably thir- the longer. Thir- it was 2005 when he made his professional debut. Yeah, so, so 13 years. Um, then he gets finished twice in a year. You have to... A guy that has nothing left to prove either. Yeah, you have to kind of question that. Losing three of his last four. Like, you just... It felt like maybe it was time to hang him up. But he said... He said, nope. He said, psych. He said, I've got the answer. <laughs> See what I did there? He's known as uh, Frankie the Answer Edgar for anyone confused on that. You're looking at me again. Actually, you're not even looking at me. You're just... Okay. So anyway, he's fighting Pedro Munoz. You know, I've been on the fence about this one, though. Yeah, I, I, I think I am, too. But, you know, I'm really excited to see this new look Frankie. Again, Pedro's game. Knockout submissions. He's a stud. He beat our boy Cody. I, I might shock you here, and I might shock our listeners. I'm going a Frankie Edgar decision victory here. Decision victory. In the main event of the evening. So, let's give Pedro his respect here. Yeah, uh, we've been talking about Frankie a lot. Which, I mean, Frankie is the more accomplished fighter. But um, Pedro Munoz, even before the Cody fight, he was on a three-fight win streak during that time. He beat Brett Johns by decision, Brian Caraway by the body kick and punches. That was in less than three minutes, so obviously very impressive there. And then gets that KO win over Cody, a fight where he was taking Cody's best shots and just... What a fight. That fight won fight of the night, and it only went, what, four minutes? (laughs) There was nine seconds left in the round. Nine seconds left in the round. That fight was awesome that because hurts. really both guys just stood and traded with it each other. It was insane. And Pedro came out on top. It and who would have thought that with Cody's like the power and speed that guy has for the division? And then he ends up losing a decision to Aljamain Sterling, the guy who looks like is next for the 
uh, title shot. And the guy you're big on. My prediction for a champion this yeah. time next year. Yeah, so um, ultimately, though, Pedro has not fought since June of 2019, so it's been a little over a year. Wow. Yeah. That was that long ago. Yeah, UFC 238. Because I feel like him beating Cody was just yesterday. I, and that Cody fight was literally... That seems March. more recent than him fighting. Yeah, March 2019 was the Cody fight. Wow, that's crazy. So, um, ultimately here, I am going to... Let's hear it. Let them know. I'm going to go with Munoz by decision. Munoz. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Did you just mess up your prediction? Yeah, I was going to say, it's Munoz. Munoz. By stoppage. In. Or <sighs> via KO or submission. Well... Uh, KO, TKO. Okay. I'm thinking round two. We go round two, KO, TKO. Do you think if Frankie loses, this should be it? I think this should be it for Frankie. If he wins, what do you want to see next? If Frankie wins, I mean... Well, if that Bantamweight division If you really think about it, if he wins... This division's on fire right now. Munoz is the number five ranked Bantamweight. So you would think that might move him to number five. I see a name sticking out to me right now. <laughs> is it a third fight with Jose Aldo? Actually, it isn't. Mm. But I'm not opposed to that because it's both their new weight classes. So now I'm kind of leaning more toward that one. A third fight with Jose Aldo at Bantamweight? Why not? Two legends. Nothing left to prove. Yeah. Um, I was going to actually say Sanhagen, though. But, again, I guess he's kind of It almost feels like if he now. won that fight, that could be a fight that Dominic Cruz takes, too. Because Dominic Cruz has said... That he only wants to fight big names. Imagine a who would have ever thought a Cruz versus Edgar. Hire me, UFC. Wow. Put me. I put like me in the that. Sean Shelby. See if Dominic Cruz is not done, I know that would technically be a lower ranked fight for Frankie. But do you think Frankie really cares about the rankings? No. Like I'm not saying he doesn't want a title. Or Dominic Cruz is not the 11th ranked Bantam. I mean, he is. But yeah, but he's he is. not. But like, yeah, I saw that the other day. I'm I was, like, huh? I, I don't understand that. That's kind of crazy. But all in all, I don't think Frankie's going to win this fight. I, I will say, while we were talking about Frankie, I almost convinced myself to like switch it. Mm-hmm. But Munoz, um, that guy just has some power in his hands. He is very quick on his feet as well. Yeah. I just think he's going to be too much for Frankie. I know Frankie coming down two weight classes, like he's, like he has to have, it, eventually, like he's going to have an advantage as far as size and like. Yeah. But it's a tough fight for him. It's coming off two knockout losses essentially, and you know it's been a while since we've seen him fight. I just think Munoz is going to have that power to put him away again. I think this will be the last time we see Frankie Edgar in the UFC. Tough to say, because you never want to predict a that's legend. That's a legend. Yeah. It's tough to say that, but that's kind of how I see it. You know, this isn't WWE. Fights aren't... Scripted. They aren't scripted. Just because it looks like this fight is set up for Frankie to have a triumphant victory. doesn't it's happen that way. Yeah, it doesn't. So, uh, all in all, that's my thoughts. Anything else you want to mention... That's it. Yeah. That's UFC Vegas 7, UFC Saturday Vegas night, 7. August 22nd. So it's an sure earlier ch- card. Make sure to check out the card. Uh, the I think it's prelims, prelims start at 6 o'clock on uh, UFC, or ESPN Plus, sorry. And then the main card's on ESPN, so... Yeah, you get, the network. Yeah. You don't need ESPN Plus. So if you guys have ESPN, all you need is the app, really, too, I think. Yeah. You just I'm, get the app. I'm and you... telling you guys, I said it when we started the preview. I'm saying it again right now at the end of the preview. 
Don't sleep on these fights. Do Just because of the names of the fighters. Yeah. Especially this main card. You guys know we only break down the main cards. I'm telling you. Make sure to check out the main card on ESPN. And if you have ESPN Plus, check out the uh, prelims as well. Yeah. And uh, we're going to wrap this up. First, I'm going to talk about our next couple episodes we have coming up. Let so them hear it. Monday, we will have the recap of UFC Apex 7. Um, along with the news. To the way it's looking, we're going to have another hour's worth of news. Yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> well, I don't want to say that. I always love having news, but hopefully it's... We need a break. New, hopefully it's the kind of news we've been getting and not people pulling out of fights. Right. Um, and then Wednesday, you know, the special it's videos. It's special episode day. It's the hump day Special video. episode number three. And you know, not only is this a special episode... This is a special episode near and dear to our hearts. I was going to say, not only is this special for the viewers, it's special to us. This is, yeah, it's going to be fun. You, you guys know back when you were in, like, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, you always had, like, that after recess or so, you come in and the teacher tells you guys to all get on the carpet, and uh, she pulls out, like, a, a book. Maybe it's, like, the it's story a, time. ABC yeah. Mysteries, or I don't even know the fucking uh, Magic Treehouse. Magic Treehouse. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah, Captain Underpants. Captain like Underpants that. starts reading. That's what we're gonna do. So it, we're all gonna gather on the uh, reading rug. We're gonna no no no. We're gonna gather in the octagon. <laughs> They're gonna sit crisscross applesauce right. on the no. All right. I like the reading rug better. All right. I'm gonna shut up. So, Go ahead and finish. You are painting the picture. And we're gonna do a little story time. It's here. story time, folks. And we're gonna go back. To September of 2016, and really just talk. take a trip down memory lane. Take a trip down memory lane to the first live event and the only live event we've been able to go to UFC 203 in Cleveland. And again, that that day we really, me and Dom, as much as we've talked about you know everything involving UFC, it's been a while since we've really. We've not ever really sat down and talked about the whole day, have uh, we? Because I promise you guys, you won't want to miss that episode because there is so much that happened in that day. What an amazing day. What an amazing day, but at times (laughs) stressful. Oh, yeah. At times scary. Near-death experiences, embarrassing moments. At (laughs) times, yes. At times hilarious. Yeah. So... What One of the best was. days of my life. And I can't wait to just kind of go back and just... Break really, it down. Really just... recap that day and talk about everything we got to see and what we experienced. So uh, really be... I'm really excited to do This that. is going to be an awesome special episode. Yeah, so I cannot wait. Be on the lookout for that. And then, Dominic, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Well, for me personally, it's going to be Instagram and Twitter, dcelie14. Again, more importantly... Go give us a follow on our Below Average Joe's UFC podcast Instagram. The official at is Below Average Joe's underscore podcast. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NTBaker underscore. And with that, we're out. And we'll see y'all on Monday.